0: First, I'll look at the background of this case, I'll move to the timeline of the crime, then offer my analysis. Idella Kathleen Hagen was born on November 15, 1945. She went by the name Kathleen. She grew up in Chatham, New Jersey. When she was a teenager, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. She would be hospitalized a few times over the course of her life. Her parents were exceptionally strict Her father, in particular, mistreated Kathleen frequently. Because of her father's job as an optician, he had contact with a number of ophthalmologists. He tried to convince Kathleen to become a physician. Kathleen worked in a physician's office during one summer when she was in high school. She graduated high school in 1963. Under her yearbook photograph are the words, Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. Kathleen was considered physically attractive and was interested in becoming a model. She even graduated from modeling school. Ultimately, she enrolled in college, with the hope of someday getting into medical school. In college, she met a British national named Peter Cook. The couple married in 1969. In 1973, Kathleen was accepted into Harvard Medical School. She graduated and was accepted as a urology resident at Massachusetts General Hospital. She was the first woman ever to be offered a position at that hospital. She then worked at a cancer center in New York. Even though her father had encouraged her to pursue a medical career, he was not supportive after she became a physician. When Kathleen would visit him and her mother, he made it clear that he was unimpressed and that Kathleen was likely to fail in her career. In 1979, Kathleen and Peter Cook divorced. She invested her energy in her job. Despite her father's concerns about not being good enough, Kathleen continued to experience success. In 1982, she was hired as the chief of urology at a hospital in New Brunswick. Not all of Kathleen's colleagues believed that she was well suited to be a physician. There were concerns about her anger. She was described as having a short fuse. In 1983, Kathleen met an industrial engineer named William Tyrell. He had also been married one time before. The couple married just eight months after meeting. Kathleen was becoming increasingly frustrated in her medical career. She felt as though too many people were involved in making decisions. There was a focus on what insurance companies would pay for as opposed to providing quality care. Despite not liking all of what she considered to be busy work, She tried to perform her job perfectly. In 1986, Kathleen spent over two months in a mental health facility due to her bipolar disorder symptoms. She returned to work for a while, but in 1987, she resigned. Kathleen's husband introduced the idea of the couple moving to the Virgin Islands. They owned a house there and had thought about opening a business there for some time. They had both accumulated substantial financial resources, so this was in the realm of possibility. The couple moved to St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands and leased a four-acre waterfront property that used to be the Russian Consulate. They opened a small hotel and restaurant, naming it the West Indies Inn. For several years, the couple was successful. They attracted tourists from all over the world. On occasion, Kathleen would visit her parents in New Jersey. Everything changed in 1989. When Hurricane Hugo damaged the hotel, Kathleen and William managed to repair the hotel, but after a number of airlines who serviced the Caribbean closed down, the couple was tired of trying to make it work. The number of guests had declined too far. They closed their business and broke their lease. The couple ended up losing $250,000. The couple moved from St. Thomas back to New Jersey, which some may describe as going from heaven to hell but New Jersey is nothing like hell. It's much worse. William returned to his old job, but Kathleen did not know what to do with herself. She ended up conducting medical research on rats for free. In addition, she had to face her father, who was more than happy to tell her, I told you so. He admonished her for not having the level of commitment necessary to be successful. Kathleen did not adjust well to her perceived failure. She believed that she was useless and incapable of doing anything right. Her anger started getting out of control. After William intervened when Kathleen entered into an argument with somebody else, she bit him on the hand. When she went to eat at restaurants, she would criticize the servers. She became increasingly isolated, spending her time clipping coupons. In addition, she started collecting flower pots obsessively. In 1995, William was involved in a motorcycle collision that eventually, Cost him his leg. Kathleen's behavior became even worse. She was controlling and demanding. William left Kathleen and she filed for divorce in October of 1996. The month before this, Kathleen called a bar in Chatham, New Jersey. This was a place where her husband would occasionally visit. She informed the bartender that she was going to come over to the bar for her husband's birthday party. Her husband's birthday was actually in May, not September. Kathleen said she was going to remove her clothing and dance on the top of the bar. The bartender notified the police who arrested Kathleen in the parking lot. Evidently, she was dressed in a manner consistent with dancing on a bar. The charges were later dismissed. It's not clear what she was actually charged with. Was it something like possession of dancing clothes with the intent to exercise poor judgment? In July of 2000, Kathleen moved into a basement apartment in her parents' house. Both her parents were unkind to Kathleen. Her father suggested that she was an unacceptable romantic partner because she ended up divorced two times. Kathleen went into a deep depression. She stopped bathing completely, and her eating and sleeping habits were erratic. Tasks that she used to be able to complete in a short amount of time were now taking hours to finish. For example, It took her four hours to get her shoes on. Kathleen experienced hallucinations and delusions. She believed that the television was transmitting her special messages, not just general transmissions, but specific messages for her. She was also receiving messages from playing cards and traffic lights. The messages were telling her to kill. To be fair, many drivers' interpretation of a yellow light on a traffic signal is not much different than a message to commit homicide.
1: Allegedly is back for Season 2, a new crime every time. In each episode of Allegedly, you'll hear a crime told to you by the person who experienced it, intermingled with actor portrayals, original music, immersive soundscapes, to create a cinematic experience for your ear. Season 2's stories include a young woman finding salvation in God, only to realize the leader of her church was running a sex cult. A case of a con artist swindling a kindly older man until he couldn't do anything to stop her. A landlord exploiting a mentally disabled man and keeping him a virtual prisoner. An act of bullying spinning a promising young man's life into total chaos. And a luxury boat captain inexplicably detained in a foreign prison with seemingly no hope of ever getting out. New episodes release every other week. Look for Allegedly from Voyage Media anywhere you listen to podcasts.
2: True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs,
0: This takes us to the timeline of the crime. In August of 2000, Kathleen gave sedatives to her 86 year old father and her 92 year old mother. After her parents went to sleep, Kathleen retrieved a plastic sheet and a pillow from the basement and walked upstairs to her parents' bedroom. She put the plastic sheet over her father's head and suffocated him with a pillow. She then murdered her mother in the same way. After committing the murders, Kathleen continued to experience hallucinations. She heard and responded to male voices who told her she could join her parents now. They were in the sphere and waiting for her. The sphere was a magical place of happiness and wealth. I picture something like Epcot in Disney World. The voices commanded her to walk backward in the house in order to get to the sphere. After walking backward for a while, including walking backward upstairs, she decided to place a quilt between the beds of her parents and wait on it for the sphere. On August 26th at 6.48 a.m., Kathleen called 911. She told the dispatcher, my parents have been dead in their beds for days. I've gone out of my mind. I did this really bad thing. When the police arrived, they found her wearing a nightgown. It was clear she had not cleaned herself in any way for several days. Her parents were upstairs in their beds. She had not done anything with their bodies after killing them. The police believed that the couple had been dead four to seven days. Kathleen was charged with murder. Her defense attorneys argued that she was not responsible due to mental illness. Two mental health professionals testified that Kathleen was psychotic at the time of the murders. In addition to bipolar disorder symptoms, the clinicians suggested Kathleen had pronounced narcissistic personality traits. Kathleen said that she had no memory of murdering her parents and that she loved them. She was not angry or in a rage when she committed the homicides. In February 2002, Kathleen was found not guilty by reason of insanity. After spending six years in a mental health facility in Trenton, New Jersey, mental health clinicians said that Kathleen was no longer psychotic. She was released on the condition that she continued to meet with mental health professionals regularly. She complied with this condition for several years and even improved to the point where the number of visits was reduced. Eventually, however, her mental health symptoms worsened and she refused to meet with clinicians. The judge decided not to put her back in the hospital, perhaps due to the fact that she was physically ill by this point. Kathleen Hagen died on April 18, 2015 at her residence. She was 69 years old. Now moving to my analysis. The case of Kathleen Hagen is controversial. Some people think that the mental health clinicians in this case were manipulated by Kathleen. Like she beat the system. She killed her parents and avoided being convicted. Kathleen may have been psychotic, but mental health clinicians for the prosecution said that she knew the difference between right and wrong. Her crime was planned and executed with precision. It does seem coincidental that of all the people Kathleen would murder, it would be two people who had mistreated her and criticized her for her entire life. Why would psychosis push a killer in such a specific direction? If she was experiencing hallucinations pushing her toward homicide, why wouldn't she attack someone at random? In addition, there are questions about the dangerousness of bipolar disorder. Can the disorder actually cause someone to commit murder? Bipolar disorder is characterized by episodes of mania and depression. During a manic phase, an individual is energetic, goal-directed, impulsive, reckless, optimistic, and may feel invincible. During a depressive phase, they feel worthless, hopeless, and sad, and they are pessimistic. In general, an individual with bipolar disorder will spend over three times more time with depressive symptoms as compared to manic symptoms. During both phases, the person may become psychotic. That is, they experience hallucinations or delusions. Bipolar disorder has an interesting relationship to homicide. Here's what the research tells us about this relationship. The prevalence of bipolar disorder is six times higher in prisons than in the community. The disorder has a positive association with criminality. It is more associated with violence than schizophrenia. When a person is manic, their risk of committing a crime is 23 times higher than when they are depressed. This doesn't mean that depression isn't dangerous. Most offenses committed in the manic phase are minor, whereas depression is more strongly associated with homicide. Family members of the person with the disorder are at the greatest risk. Among people with bipolar disorder who committed murder in a manic phase, 64% of the victims were family members. In a depressive phase, 96% were family members. Frequently, the murders committed in a depressive phase are premeditated. Connecting this research back to the case of Kathleen Hagen, we see that her homicidal behavior is consistent with the findings. She committed premeditated murders when in a depressive phase, and the victims were her family members. What do I think happened in the case of Kathleen Hagen? This is just a theory. My opinion. Kathleen's parents were strict with her from a young age. They were highly demanding. This led to the development of narcissistic personality traits. Kathleen became arrogant, condescending, self centered, and developed a sense of entitlement. These traits protected her fragile ego and led to success in the medical field. This field often rewards confidence and grandiosity. In addition to being narcissistic, Kathleen had bipolar disorder. Therefore, she experienced manic and depressive episodes. As I've talked about in other videos, bipolar disorder is particularly cruel because after a person has an episode, they rebuild their career, their relationships, and their routine, only to have that wiped out by the next episode. I think this is what happened to Kathleen. She had incredible success. She was intelligent, motivated, Perfectionistic and productive. Every time she accomplished something great, another episode would knock her down. It would destroy all the gains that she had made. When she turned to her parents for support, she not only failed to receive it, she was criticized. The stress led to more episodes and more severe symptoms during those episodes. The content of psychosis often takes the form of something that a person fears, something that elicits strong emotions. For example, if somebody is worried about the government, their psychosis might take the form of the CIA or the FBI spying on them. If they are afraid of being ridiculed, it might take the form of hearing voices that denigrate them. In the case of Kathleen, the strong feelings were toward her parents. They became the object of the psychosis. The voices drove Kathleen to kill by telling her that the homicides would result in her family being in paradise hallucinations were promising kathleen a way to save her family the psychosis was giving her a way to set everything right to undo the hurt that her parents had caused her over the course of so many years she could finally win their approval her parents would be thrilled to be in the sphere they would be grateful to kathleen they would finally say that she did a good job she didn't fail they were wrong this whole time in reality The psychosis distorted all the criticisms into a lethal message. It reflected back years of destructive behavior in a concentrated form. It guaranteed that Kathleen would fail her parents one last time. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars longa,
2: vita brevis.
1: Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes By Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast, and this is a story that I thought I knew but after reading police reports, it became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a
0: poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th
1: to hear Nahida's story.